Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. Addressing a joint session of Congress must be an exciting opportunity. Foreign dignitaries, astronauts, presidents, military leaders, and others have shared their thoughts and insights on Capitol Hill. But one upcoming guest has caught the attention of Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine. Lincoln, what do we need to know? Well, you gave an interesting list of those that had spoken to joint sessions of Congress, yes. but you omitted because there's never been a religious leader. Until now. <laughs> Coming up on September 24, Pope Francis head of the Roman Catholic Church and, uh, not coincidentally, head of state of a little principality known as Vatican City. You can stand on the balustrade of the dome, yes. as I have, and look back into the backyard, and it's not much bigger than the backyard of some lots because yes. it's just a few acres. Yes. I think it's about 100 acres thereabouts, and they're big buildings, so there's not much land there, but that makes him head of state. Uh, that gives him a diplomatic corps and the right to speak at the United Nations, which he will do while he's in the United States. But on September 24, the Pontiff of Rome is going to address this joint session of Congress. There was an attempt made recently to allow the Dalai Lama to speak there. Yeah. You would think that would be non-controversial. Most of what he says is well accepted, unless you're a Chinese leader, they object to him perennially. Yeah. But it was not allowed. It was seen as too politically divisive. But Francis is welcomed. The immediate reason is sort of not hard to divine. John Boehner, the speaker for the majority, is a Roman Catholic, but the leader of the minority, Nancy Pelosi, is also a Roman Catholic. So both these leaders are happy to have their church leader there. Why others hadn't objected, I don't know. It would seem to me uh, anyone that has some little concern for the Constitution would at least raise an alarm, even if they wouldn't stop it absolutely. Yes. Because the United States is not unique, but it is particularly visible around the world by its constitutional mandate for a separation of church and state. Or if someone doesn't like that term, as the First Amendment says, Congress shall make no law mm -hmm. establishing religion, nor prevent the free exercise thereof. That's sort of a no, 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 yes. away from religion. Yes, yes. And here you have a, a religious leader who's the head of state. So it... As I've said in Liberty before, it's, it's sort of like the, the anti-U.S. system. This is the arch-rival to this new uh, social experiment that's placed within the U.S. Constitution. And even if he were to speak, you would think there would be some caution, just like though we'd allowed Khrushchev to speak during the Cold War, the Soviet Union was antithetical yes. to U.S. aims. What he'll say, we don't quite know, but we can easily deduce. I think it's almost certain, in fact, it's less than almost, it's, it is certain that he will speak about the environment and uh, his recent encyclical on that topic. It is certain he will also speak of something that connects with that, the family rest day. Mm. Uh, he's been promoting that vigorously in Europe lately, and, and it has a lot to recommend it from a, just a logical point of view. It's basically the the daylight saving for society. <laughs> uh, we give the, the stressed family structure a chance to back off from work for its own ends, 
to uh, revitalize itself spiritually, and in so doing, to uh, resupply some of the energy and the, and the costs that go with operating 24-7. So it has appeal on many levels, but of course the encouragement is that everybody should go to church, and the uh, encouragement from the pontiff of the Roman Catholic Church is be Sunday. That's no surprise, but again, since he takes a political pulpit, it might be slightly inappropriate. The day before he addresses the joint session of Congress, he will be in Philadelphia addressing a World Catholic Conference on the family, where he will talk about that, I'm certain. Yes. So on the rebound, I'm equally certain in myself that he will speak about this. So it's going to be a big moment for pet themes of this progressive pope. Well, you know, like you say, what he is saying is not really the issue here, because we all should be concerned about the family. We should also be concerned about having a day of rest. We should also be all concerned about the environment. But you're talking about the mechanism here, the fact that he's talking to the joint session of Congress. That's the, that's the issue we're talking about, right? Yes, I think the, the political precedent needs to be looked at. What's going on here? Why is a religious leader being given such in essence, political power and, and prerogatives. Well, he's not given power, he's given opportunity. That's you know, No one is saying that his word is law. The bully pulpit is power. Yeah, that's true, uh, <laughs> that's true. As a number of people have discovered. Mm. And of course, he speaks to a sizable percentage of the uh, American electorate. Mm. Roman Catholics are quite strong, although their representation in Congress is about double their level in the general population. Maybe this is not about the environment. Maybe this is not about Family Day. Maybe this is a marketing tool that the Roman Catholic Church is trying to come up with to win back the ever-increasing amount of people who are saying bye-bye to their religion called Catholic. Well, I would say yes, and that would be natural. <laughs> That's exactly what this is. It's a marketing occasion mm -hmm. because they are trying to solidify those who are nominally Catholics and attract others. Even in the encyclical, he mentions his increasing solidarity with the Eastern Orthodox. And, of course, the, the Pope uh, wants to solidify the following with Roman Catholics in the United States. Yeah, they've they've been on a divergent path for a long time, and, and uh, while they're counted as Catholics, politically they think through things differently, and, and I think this is an attempt to bring them under his moral authority. Mm. There's also clearly an attempt by the topics presented, and he will repeat those, to influence new immigrants to the United States, many of them Catholics already, to see things his way. There's been an effort and how the Roman Catholic Church has treated Obamacare even to sort of herd these new immigrants to a particular political viewpoint. I saw a religion news service outline recently on six things they said to expect in his address, that he will welcome the immigrants, and this is what I was just saying, he will talk about economic inequality, which was included in a document by his predecessor. He will talk about how a just economy means strong families. Again, the family rest day, right. family concern. Right. And talking about the economy is not a politically neutral act. Right. That is it, it, giving instruction to the legislators on how to regulate the, the whole uh, economic system we have. Then they say he'll talk about fighting partisanship, but how could he do that? He said, this is the quote he said recently, or one of the uh, leaders, not him, said recently, for many Catholics, first is the political party, then is the church. 
They don't want that. They want the church first. Yes. So yes. this is religion inserting itself into the political debate. Then he will promote dialogue, not ideology. That's a tricky one because ideology cannot disappear. And in, in many ways, it's being reasserted here very strongly. It's a free world, generally. At least in the United States, it's a free country, this part of the world. Yes. And we shouldn't be afraid to hear ideas from other people. But as I said at the beginning, this is a politically charged moment without precedent. And we should listen very carefully to what he says and hope, trust, and, and perhaps as voters work to make sure that this is not automatically accepted by our legislators who could be blindsided by a church inserting itself into the political process. I am always amazed when you tell me things like this that no one on Capitol Hill has thought this through. I mean, okay, he's, he's the head of state, okay? So maybe that's why. He, he, there, is, there is this Vatican City, and this is a state, and so they're inviting him to come. Because, I mean, are there that many Catholics on Capitol Hill? Are, are, are the legislators mostly Roman Catholic people? What's going on with that? Why hasn't anyone thought this thing through? Well, I told you why uh, the two leaders uh, who gave the, or one gave the invitation and the other agreed to it. You know, obviously they're Roman Catholics. This doesn't trouble them. Roman Catholics are the largest single group or single denomination. Protestants are two to one numerically over Catholics, but of course it's a, Protestants are a very fragmented group. But it really, when you talk about the United States Constitution and its government, it shouldn't be a matter of who has the most. It should be a matter of a stance of one to the other. And religion is to be at a distance from, from the legislative process. Mm-hmm. Obviously, religious concerns will percolate through because society is made of viewpoints. But you don't want religion as a political power. And that's what's at risk here, I think. And that's why they didn't let the uh, Dalai Lama speak. Because as benign as he sounds, he's dealing with political issues. And the Pope is directly inserting himself into politics. And furthermore, if you look at Europe, it's obvious that the papacy is very politically involved with the European Union and, and many of its political actions. So this is not a politically neutral moment. This is highly charged and it would behoove most people to look critically at what is the agenda that he brings there. Not just nice words, what is going on? And I would be uncomfortable if the Pope or any other major religious leader inserted themselves in as the uh, necessary element to a global political discussion. Mm, but that is precisely what we are on the edge of. We will, of course, have you back uh, after the speech to let us know what your take is on that and what was really happening there. Uh, Give us that date again for that speech. September 24. September 24. Okay, we'll be on the lookout for that. You know, Lincoln, again, I am reminded of how vigilant we need to be, that we need to look behind the scenes. We need to pull that curtain back repeatedly. What is really going on here? Why is this really happening? What is the real agenda for this event or this speech or this law or or any of these things? You have taught me, and I'm sure you're teaching our listeners, that there is more than face value. We need to really look behind things. And I guess that has to be done with a prayerful heart. Am I right? Because we are we are totally capable of making the wrong assumptions as well, right? Absolutely. And, you know, I'll, I'll freely admit to a Protestant prejudice. <laughs> <laughs> but that said, uh, we need to look closely at everything, not just what 
Baptist Pope says on this occasion, but we need to look at these uh, church-state developments and, and the different protagonists and what they're saying. Analyze them. Don't necessarily take them at full face value. Look at their context. Uh, what else is being said other places? There is a huge realignment on religio-political forces at work in the, in the world at the moment. Globalism is not just as most people thought from a new world uh, secular perspective. Mm -hmm. There is a globalist religious mindset, and I believe we're going to see some evidence of that in the, uh, the days ahead on this occasion and beyond www.libertymagazine.org is the website for more information on this and other topics. You can listen to these programs, read Lincoln Steed's blogs, all at libertymagazine.org. Lincoln, thank you so much for being here today. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure. And until next time, listener, this is Charles Mills, along with Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call Three Angels Broadcasting Network at 618-627-4651 or email us through our website at 3abn.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today. <laughs> <laughs>